the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith, where the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. And we are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, your comments, and your concerns. Our toll-free number is one 888 F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Don't be shy. Pick that phone up. Let us know what's on your mind. Again, that number is one eight 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 F-O-R-K-F-A-X. Well, tonight we come to a brand new series on contending for the faith entitled The End of Both Ways. Coming from Matthew chapter seven, verses thirteen and fourteen. Today, everybody is talking about all the different ways to go and find the right way and the wrong way. And when it comes to religion, people talk about many paths, many directions, and many ways to go. Excuse me. But what does the Bible have to say about the way and the true way? Stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you? Brother Gary, I'm truly glad. And thank you so much for that introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Atlanta for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. And we are blessed to be here tonight to teach his word and to answer your questions. And we also are blessed to start another series uh, entitled The End of Both Ways. The End of Both Ways. Oh, the world today is talking about so many different ways and different paths to God. Well, when you get through hearing this series, you're going to realize that there is only uh, one way, and but there is another way that is uh, not the right way, and we're going to break all that down for you. <clears throat> Let me just say this by way of introduction, um, and we want to encourage you to uh, get your Bibles and get your notes together and all that other good stuff. One of the things that we need to understand is that, and this is the build-up to my main uh, point, is that uh, in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 5, you have uh, the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, from Matthew chapters 5 through 7, known as the uh, Sermon on the Mount. Uh, this is uh, talking about how Jesus went up to the mountain to teach. And then you also have the Sermon on the Plain, where he went down from the mountain uh, to teach. And that's so important for all of us today to be able to uh, preach sometime to people uh, that uh, is, you know, a more academic inclined, and then to bring the cookies down on the bottom shelf for the kitties to reach. And that's so important that we have that type of balance in our preaching methodologies. Now, uh, 
getting back to Matthew chapter 5, these are words of Jesus that are soft and loving words, uh, even in the first few verses known as the Beatitudes, and that uh, it encourages people about the kingdom of God and how to live those model characteristics of the kingdom in our lives. Uh, But as you continue to read in the Methanian account, which is another word for Matthew, you find that uh, in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus starts to change his words, and uh, not his teaching so much as his words. And even though he changes his teaching somewhat as well, his words becomes, rather than soft words uh, and soft, loving words, as we find in Matthew chapter 5 uh, through chapter 7. We find that in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus' words become heart loving words. Are you with me? They become very extreme, radical, loving words. Because in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus starts to move into the area of discipleship. That's why in the Bible you have uh, the word Christian mentioned three times and the word disciple mentioned 269 times, which is saying that uh, that you better understand what Jesus is trying to teach you when it comes to discipleship. And I'm going to go a step further to all of the uh, church folks and those who are active in the church and busy as a bee in the church. I want you to understand that you don't uh, get saved being a churchgoer. You don't get saved because you are got your name on the church list. Uh, you don't get saved neither because you've just been baptized. You get saved knowing that you are a genuine born-again Christian that has grown to the level of discipleship. This is something in our churches today that is very seldom taught, and that's one of the reasons why so many people are uh, messed up theologically. That's why so many people are uh, biblically illiterate, because they have never been taught in the basic essentials and the area of discipleship. I'm going to go a step further and also say that um, if you haven't, uh, if you're not walking as a disciple, or you don't understand what it means to, to be a disciple or care to be a disciple, have a burden and desire to be a disciple, then you also have to question whether or not you are genuinely saved. Because there are a lot of people who are in church don't even understand what it means to be a disciple because they've never been taught what it means to be a disciple. Let me kind of give you an example of this, and I I want you to uh, take a few minutes out to just write these important points down, because it's a buildup on the title of this message, The End of Both Ways. When you look at the Gospel of John, 
you will find that in John chapter 6, verses 1 through 59, John chapter 6, verses 1 through 59, you will find this group of people reactors. They are reactors. These all sound alike. They are reactors to uh, the gospel. And they were shocked at the hard sayings of Jesus. They were shocked at the extreme teaching of Jesus. They were shocked at the radical, extreme, hard-loving teachings of Jesus. I believe in the pulpit, we have to be extreme at our teaching. We have to be radical at our teaching. We have to be bold and experience the baptism of boldness when we're preaching the Word of God. We can't uh, soft paddle at the Word of God. We need to understand that these are reactors to the gospel of Jesus being extreme and radical regarding the call to discipleship. And what Jesus does here in this chapter, if you read it sometimes, it he's laying out that um, uh, in the Old Testament, they knew about God sending down bread from heaven. And that didn't disturb the reactors. The reactors got disturbed when Jesus said, but I am the bread of life. He was identifying himself as God when he says, I am the bread of life. And when he did that, it was an extreme, radical, bold statement coming from Jesus. And so in John chapter 6, Verses 1 through 59, these reactors become blown away at the teachings of Jesus because he's moving into the area of discipleship. It's not the soft words of Matthew chapter 5 through getting to chapter 7. He's becoming hardcore. He's becoming bold. And then so we find in John chapter 6, verses 60 through 66, the rejectors of the gospel. So they're first reactors to the gospel, and then they become rejectors of the gospel. Why do they become rejectors of the gospel? Because the words of Jesus to them becomes very hard-saying words. Now, I want you to look in your Bibles with me at John chapter 6 and verses 60 through 66. These are the rejectors because they, they're, they're having a difficult time understanding that he is the bread of life. He is God the one who was in the Old Testament, giving them the bread of life. Jesus says, that's me, just like when he uh, was the one who spoke out of the burning bush. And that's why he said before Abraham was, I am. And so we see here in verse 60, therefore many of his disciples, when they heard this said, This is a hard saying. You see that in your Bible? This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? 
when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit. So they also thought Jesus, when he says, I'm the bread of life, uh, and uh, he was teaching this strong teaching that he is the bread of life, uh, they even got confused on a lot of things, even in relationship to that. When he said to eat my blood and eat my flesh, uh, he was saying it in a spiritual sense, and they thought he was teaching cannibalism. That's what they thought. But he ends up saying, the things I speak to you, they are spiritual. And they are life. They are spirit and they are life. But there, now notice this, verse 64. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. Now, notice verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Now, these were people, I want you to really notice that in verse 66. They were calling themselves disciples. But because of the heart saying, and because of the extreme teaching, and because this is an extreme Savior that calls upon discipleship living and lifestyle— They walked away and went away. And then you find the third group in John 6, verses 67 through 70, the receivers. So you have the reactors, you have the rejectors, and then you have the receivers in John 6, verses 67 through 70. And and, and, and Jesus ends up saying uh, to them in verse 67, then Jesus said to the, the 12, do you also want to go away? That's the way a lot of people are in our churches. Jesus' sayings and words are so extreme and so hard and so bold that they settle for just being churchgoers. They settle for just being pew sitters. They settle for just singing in the choir but not winning souls. They sing with soul but not winning souls. And so this is the type of world we have today. Hard sayings. And when we get to Matthew chapter 7, 13 and 14, when he gets into the straight way and the narrow way, you're going to find that that's bold. And he says, there are very few that find therein, and the road of destruction is wide and broad. That is hell. And there will be more people going there than we could imagine, and even a lot of church folks. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open, <clears throat> and we want to hear from you. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Don't be shy. Pick that phone up. We want to hear from you tonight. Again, that number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you tonight. It is a phone-in talk show, so we need you to phone in so we can have some nice dialogue and answer your questions and comments. The number is one 888 F O R K F A X. 
That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Don't be shy. Pick that phone up. Give us a call. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. Well, we want to begin again by thanking everyone who has been praying for contending for the faith. Without your diligent prayers, we would never have been on the air as long as we have. We also want to thank those who gave this week, who partnered with us financially, Scott, Valerie, Jackie. We want to remind everyone that it does cost us 400 a week to remain on the air. So we need your donations, you know, especially during the holidays when giving tends to dwindle and especially after the holidays as well. uh, We really need your help. If you have been blessed by contending for the faith and you've been a long-time listener, maybe you've never uh, given or contributed or partnered with us financially, uh, maybe now is a good time to start. We need your help. We need your consistent prayers. And we need consistent giving. Uh, We need you to partner with us in this vital ministry. There's two ways to donate. Uh, First one, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. And the second way is so much easier. <clears throat> Simply go on your computer or your laptop, your smartphone or your tablet, and go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org, and hit the donate button. And it's that simple. And you will be a blessing for time and eternity. If you've been blessed by this program, if you know of others who have been blessed by this program, then partner with us to keep us going, to keep the work going, that lives be touched and changed for eternity. We're also excited to let you know that Dr. Buckner will be soon teaching a class on spiritual gifts and rewards. It's going to begin Monday, February 20th, uh, beginning at 6.30 p.m. It's going to be held at the East Bay Baptist Association office located at 1221 Pacific Avenue in San Leandro, California. Again, that class begins Monday, February 20th um, at 6.30 p.m. It's going to be an exciting time. Great opportunity for you to meet Dr. Buckner and take advantage of his over 30 plus years of training and expertise. Uh, Again, the class is called Spiritual Gifts and Rewards Part 1. So if you're interested in this class, and I can highly recommend it to you, you need to try. If you're available, you know, make yourself available. Uh, If you're in the Bay Area, San Leandro area, this is a great opportunity, a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Meet Dr. Buckner to take advantage of the the training again and to learn about your spiritual gifts. You don't hear a lot of preaching and teaching done on this area. And the reality is God has blessed us all with time, talent, and treasure. And, you know, the gifts he's given us, he expects us to use for the kingdom. And if you don't know what your gifts are, you're going to have trouble. So it's a great opportunity for you to learn, to grow, and to be able to share with others this in this vital area. So if you're interested, contact Dr. Buckner at area code 415-721-1778 or email him at jlbcftf at comcast.net. That's J-L-B-C-F-T-F at Comcast.net. Again, the phone number is area code 415-721-1778. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. Appreciate those announcements. And we are really excited about this class uh, on spiritual uh, gifts. 
and rewards. And I know you're going to really be blessed by the class. So we want to encourage you to uh, contact us and enroll so we can uh, be a blessing to you in so many different ways. And uh, thank you for your prayers and your support. And we are encouraging people to uh, step up to the plate even tonight because uh, it's a difficult time for all ministries around Christmas and after Christmas because people are trying to recover from getting themselves in debt with uh, buying so many different things for their family and friends and and so forth. So I want to keep challenging you in those areas because a lot of time people have to understand when you go uh, MIA on ministries, they can turn around and go MIA on you as well. We don't want to do that. Oh, right. Gary, let's get to uh, our uh, callers. All right. We're going to go to Deborah on line one. Deborah, welcome to Contending for the Faith. How are you tonight? Um, I'm in pain, Gary, but that's all right. It's, it's... I have a statement to make, and then I want to know. There's two biblical models in the Scripture for suffering. One is the Lord can totally deliver you and heal you and manifest healing. The other is patiently enduring suffering in spite of the pain and all of the things that go with disease and sickness and infirmity. And that's also a glory to God if you have the right attitude and actions and words to go along with it. Mm-hmm. But um, I wanted to know, um, Brother Rector, what do you do when um, people continue to attack you because they don't get the results they want when when they pray for you? Mm-hmm. And so they make it a personal thing instead of a thing uh, that is... Uh, a uh, blessing uh, from God. And I believe that God uh, honors either way. And uh, Amen. Is this something going on in your life personally? Yeah. Okay. okay. It happens consistently in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, the Word of God tells us that uh, those who live godly in Christ will suffer persecution yeah. Our lives is an occupational hazard when it comes to being persecuted. So, uh, and then uh, the Apostle Paul says in Philippians that, uh, you know, to know the resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. So we entertain that and receive it uh, from the Lord because we know that it's going to come that way. And so our attitude has to be towards those who are persecuting us and who are creating suffering in our life is to uh, not only pray for their own deliverance because they are in blindness, they can't see themselves. And the Bible is clear that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. So we are to pray that they will be delivered from what they are doing, because Jesus said to love your enemies and pray for them that despitefully use you. So... uh, even if they are telling someone uh, about uh, their own condition and what you're going through, uh, you are a child of God. And and as far as uh, God's working in our lives, uh, as far as healing is concerned, I know that uh, there are some people who God chooses to uh, heal and deliver. And there's others that uh, he doesn't. Uh, He delivers them spiritually spiritually. Uh, so 
the Apostle Paul was an example of that because he had a thorn in his flesh, and uh, he went to the Lord three times to be delivered, and the Lord just said, my grace is sufficient for you and your weakness. So, uh, And Paul was persecuted like you and, and others uh, all the time. He talked about all the different people in the church that did things to him, but he said, Lord, lay this not to their charge, and he prayed for them, and uh, he even fought the spirit that was behind them. Oftentimes when we get persecuted and we go through suffering with people, we uh, lock our eyes on the people and not fight the spirit behind them. A good example of this would be in uh, Acts chapter 16 when the Apostle Paul and Silas and them were having a prayer meeting, and then the, the young girl that had the spirit of divination disrupted everything and brought uh, suffering to them in the midst of them trying to do the work of God. And the Apostle Paul didn't look at the girl, but looked at the spirit behind her and said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And within an hour, that spirit had left the girl, and it ruined the business of all those who were using her and abusing her. So our, uh, this is the perspective that we are to take and, uh, you know, is to have a, a mature spirit in Christ around that, that way. Um, Brother Wagner, thank you very much. I would like to ask a question, another question, though. Sure. Would you consider asking the Lord Jesus Christ to let you do a series on the, uh, you know, uh, the three ways that the, you know, it says the... Uh, um, you know, it it talks about the three different ways that you can be uh, persecuted is, uh, you know, uh, like uh, oh, uh, what's what's um, ask Rick what I said because a lot of times I get caught up in what you said that I forget. Well, you know what? What we'll do is talk with Rick and find out what you said and. And that'll be something that we'll make a note of because I did a PowerPoint. I just finished a PowerPoint on suffering, and uh, it has a lot of points in that, and I hope to do that sometime on the airway. But let me get that information from uh, Rick, and then we'll uh, revisit it with you. And let's pray for you right now. What would you like for us to pray for you for? Uh, that God would, would give me the grace to to be alone because— you know, I'm very social, so it's very difficult for me to be alone. I don't really feel comfortable in being alone. I like people, so, you know, that is an added grace that I need um, because most of the time I am alone because people don't live in my city, and the people that did, they moved to other places, and my family is not in my city, so, you know. All right. Well, let's lift that prayer request up, Brother Gary. Mm. Um, real quick, Deborah, the, you, you mentioned that people are blaming you because their prayers aren't getting answered for you. Is yeah, because if they don't get the results they think they should <clears throat> when they pray for me, then they attack me and say, it's my lack of faith and my lack mm. of belief in God that's causing the uh, manifestation of healing or wholeness not to come. So they make it a personal thing. And I know that th- that's not true. It's not. And that's that's uh, a, a teaching from the pit of hell, if you ask mm-hmm. me. Absolutely. You know, so, you know, don't don't let those people get under your skin. 
You know, uh, as Dr. Buckner mentioned, we are to pray for them. Oh, I don't. That's yeah. why they get upset, because I don't get upset <laughs> at them. And I tell them, you need to repent, and you need to get right with God. There you go. I don't Be bold. want to spend eternity in hell. Be bold. That's right. Yeah. That's right, because if you don't do that, your their blood will be up on you. Uh, so you need to do that. Yeah, so. Healing is a, is a benefit. It's not a guarantee. Amen. And so they need to understand that. And God has a way of turning things around. One day they may need that same prayer, and guess what will happen? Yeah, you're an inspiration to me, Gary, because of what God did for you. And uh, I I know all glory and praise and honor goes to God, but, you know, because of what he did in your life, I'm encouraged to keep going on and believing uh, godly principles myself. Amen. Amen. You know, Amen. You know, God is, is able to do things in his own timing. And just because it doesn't happen right away doesn't mean it's not going to happen. But, you know, we just believe God for, you know, he's sovereign. His will be done, not ours. Yes. You know, so <clears throat> we let's take it to the Lord in prayer. And so, Lord, we just thank you for our sister Deborah. We just pray, Lord, a hedge of protection and a wall of fire around her that the enemy could not penetrate. We thank you, Lord God, that you've made her bold and, and stout-hearted. We, we thank you, Lord God, that you continue to, to give her sound teaching and discernment, Lord God. And also we pray that you would just give her a heart full of your grace, Lord God, that whatever comes her way, Lord God, that she has the sufficient grace, Lord God, to handle the situation, Lord God. And we pray for those who have been um, mistreating her, Lord God. We pray for them, Lord God, that you would open their eyes and help them understand the truth of your word in respect to healing, in respect to proper prayer. And, Lord God, that you would just sensitize them to what is correct and right, Lord God. We just thank you today for all that you're doing. And we pray that you would bring people into her lives, Lord God, so she wouldn't be lonely. We pray, Lord God, give her that companionship that she needs. Because, you know, we weren't meant to be alone. And, Lord God, we just pray that you bless her, strengthen her, and encourage her. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Deborah, so much for your uh, call. God bless you. God bless you, too. All righty. We have about a minute, and what we're going to do is uh, let me, let's uh, go to uh, Ray real quick and let's okay. get your question, and then we'll come back and uh, after the commercial and answer it. Ray, are you there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, uh, yes, we can. How are you doing? Okay. How about yourself? Oh, we're truly blessed, truly blessed. And what's your question? And uh, we'll try to address it when we come back from the commercial. Yeah, I was going to ask you about uh, uh, Calvinism seems to be springing up bigger than it ever was before, and I just wanted to go over a few things with you, see what you think on that. I think that's why there's half the people that could be saved are not getting saved, because even if I get confused and I'm a non-Calvinist, how much more would somebody being told that you don't even really know if you're going to be selected of God? It's, to, uh, to me, I feel it's the biggest heresy that ever was. To well, follow any man, mm-hmm. isms or schism, you know what I'm saying? That's what I, uh, and they're just so subtle. Even the Baptists, most of them now are, are Calvinists. Right, right. Well, you're, yeah. you're, you're bringing up some good points there, my brother. And let's address those things when we come back from the commercial break, okay? All right. It's time for us to All take right. a quick commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight. Three six seven five three two nine. Don't be shy. Pick the phone up and give us a call. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. We'll be right back with more of contending for the faith.
Welcome back to Contending for the Faith <clears throat> with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, and counselor, expert, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name's Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open, and <clears throat> excuse me, we want to hear from you. Uh, that number is 1 F O R K F A X. That's 1 367 5329. Don't be shy. Pick up that phone. Let us know what's on your mind. Again, that number is 1 F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And once again, we just want to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith and those of you who have partnered with us financially over the past week. It is so important that you are consistent in prayer and also consistent in your giving because without both, this program would cease to exist. We need your help and we need your consistency. This time of year, especially when giving is down, we need you to Give up <laughs> because it is time for us to to be able to to pay the bills and to keep going and keep doing what God has called us to do. And without your help, we can't do that. There's two ways to give. One, <clears throat> there's simply just send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith. <clears throat> That's Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Again, that's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. And the second way is simply go on to your computer, your laptop, your smartphone, or your tablet. <clears throat> go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And hit the Donate button, and away you go. It's that simple, and you'll be a blessing to us and to the ministry and to those who are listening and touching lives for time and eternity. Once again, <clears throat> we're excited to mention Dr. Buckner is going to be teaching a class on spiritual gifts and rewards, part one. <clears throat> Excuse me. I need you guys to pray for me. I'm losing my voice. <laughs> it's going to be held Monday, February 20th, uh, beginning at 6.30 p.m. at the East Bay Baptist Association office located at 1221 Pacific Avenue in San Leandro, California. Again, that's going to begin Monday, February 20th. It's going to be in a dynamic class on spiritual gifts and rewards. If you're interested in taking this class, contact Dr. Buckner by phone at area code 415-721-1778 or email him at jlbcftf at comcast.net. All right, Dr. Buckner, we had uh, Ray on the phone. Yes, Ray. Are you still there? Brother Ray. Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, yes, we, I can hear you. Let me let me say a few things um, about uh, Calvinism. Um, I don't know how much study you've done on it. Have you done a lot of study on Calvinism? Yeah, quite a bit, actually. It's uh, actually, to me, way worse than I thought as a kid. Okay. You know, they almost say you and I, they're not Calvinists. We might as well not be Christians, because they can claim they got their theologians know it all. Nobody else does. I mean, that's, that's wrong in itself. They have a they don't have the top on everything. Yes, uh, have you have do. you also uh, studied the Institutes of Calvin? Yeah, yeah. I know okay. he's just a man. We might as well believe in Peter. That makes more sense because okay. he was an apostle. Okay. Well, yeah. let me let me say some things about it. Um, you know, yeah. just to add to a few things that you uh-huh. uh, have studied on it. <clears throat> the um, the biggest problem that uh, happened with John Calvin, you know. Uh, he was a believer, uh, but he had his problems theologically, like a lot of them did early in history. Uh-huh. But um, 
the problem that a lot of these theologians had, uh, Calvin, Zwingli, Knox, and Melanchthon, and Wesley, is that a lot of times they would get around the table together and uh, they would try to figure out the mind of God. And that's always a dangerous thing because Isaiah 55 says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts higher than yours. And so Uh when you're trying to figure out God's mind rather than just trusting what he says, he already says and laid out uh, what predestination is all about from a biblical perspective. You start uh-huh. to try to figure that out and try to work man's thinking and man's humanism into it, and that was the big mistake that they made. Uh, Calvin just took up the uh, Augustinian uh, teachings on uh, double predestination, and the problem yeah. uh-huh. the problem with that is this: is this is the major problem? Say it in a nutshell is that uh, if some have been uh, predestined to be saved before the foundation of the world and others have been predestined to to condemnation, then that means that they have been damned before they can even have a volitional choice. So what it does is that it throws the volitional choice outside the window and doesn't give a person a choice in the matter. They were just born to be damned, and that's not the Scriptures, because the Scriptures let us know that God desires for none to perish, you know, but come to repentance. So that's very clear. So I'm going to add another word to this, and then I'll give you a chance to kind of give some feedback around what I said. But nothing in Scripture has ever been where God has fatalistically determined uh, people's lives. Uh, mankind has a choice in the matter. God gives them a choice. And if they choose to uh, reject his choice, then they condemn themselves. And that's the reality to it, because Jesus made it very clear in Matthew 25 that hell was not prepared for man, but prepared for the devil and his angels. So, But man takes himself there by volitional choice. So nothing is fatalistically determined. Mankind has a volitional choice, and that's the bottom line to it from a biblical perspective. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking about. And also the one one scripture, I don't know if you remember where that's at. He said, choose whom this day you will serve. It's in the Old Testament, but it still said choose, right? Right, exactly. And for me, and it says, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Well, they, they don't have to serve the Lord, right? We will. Mm-hmm. So if God, if God made you, how would he get the glory? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's like when you marry a woman, if you put a gun there, they might say, I love you, right? Take the gun away. You know what I'm saying? That would be stupid. She's going to love you because she loves you, right? Mm-hmm. Not because... You made her love you. Otherwise, that's what kind of relationship is that? Right. Well, you're right on target. You're right on target. What you're saying, and only thing I would challenge you upon is you uh, sound like you've done the study, you've done the homework. Uh, just uh, kill them with love, brother. Don't ever uh, with uh, the intellect and apologetics, but. Bring love into it, because Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. You have love one towards another. We win people not by arguments, but we win them by the truth and love. So keep that as a priority in your uh, academia. Yeah, sometimes I get real irritated. I don't mean to, but you ever heard of, I'm sure, righteous (laughs) indignation. Sometimes you can actually get mad on something when you see abuse. Yes. Even Jesus did. I went to the temple. We got whipped. He wasn't no mamby-pamsy, you know what I'm saying? He got mad. He got mad, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a there's a there's a righteous anger, and then there's an unrighteous anger. So uh-huh. uh, let uh, yourself never get to that place because this is an emotional thing with you. But you know what? Uh, you, we we look at life where we say this: we learn to agree and disagree agreeably, and uh, we don't ever get to the place where we get so obsessed over uh, someone being uh, in this area that. We lose focus of preaching the gospel and telling them what's right and trust the Holy Spirit to lead them because people are just ignorant and they are never been discipled. Like I said earlier, Uh, that's why people are into cults and ism. I've been studying cults for 40 years, but, Uh you know, I I realize that um, controversy for controversy's sake, as Walter Mm -hmm. Martin said, uh, is, you know, controversy for controversy's sake is uh, a, a thing that we have to always is know that's a divine imperative. But controversy for, you know, just being controversy's sake is uh, is evil. It's not of God. So we got to be people that yeah. get into controversy for controversy for truth's sake. But uh, if we get into a controversy for controversy's sake, then it's not a divine imperative. It just causes us to generate a lot of heat and virtually no light. That's true, yeah. Pray that I sometimes re- relax on that, I guess. I, I guess I just get irritated, you know, studying for all these years, and then, you know what I'm saying, when mm-hmm. you—it's right there in the Word. It's easy. If a child can understand it, I, it means it's not hard to be saved. If you make anything hard, then they're— per- anybody's perverting the gospel, because otherwise how can a child, a child can't understand anything hard, but the Bible says they can't understand, so it means it's not hard. Yeah, you know, the thing is, is the thing is, <laughs> is that, that, the thing is, is that we, we understand the difference, too, uh, uh-huh. between, um, you know, the area of essential doctrines and non-essential doctrines. So what, yeah. what, what you really want to get righteously angry about is the essential doctrines, because those are the things that determines one's uh, eternal destiny. Uh, but uh, the area of uh, some have been chosen before the foundation of the world and others haven't, and those who believe in the pre-trip, mid-trip, post-trip, those who oh, yeah. believe in uh, all these different yeah. non-essential areas, uh, I don't I don't generally uh, generate a lot of heat and virtually no light around that. I just pray for people, and I try to teach the Word of God, and I know the truth will make people free. So uh, stay with the truth, preach it, be patient with people, and allow the Holy Spirit to work in their lives. And and He He can do a much better job than us. We just have to have the facts. And and if you do it in love, you know, Jesus said, "Do I speak?" I mean, Paul said, "Do I speak with the tongues of men?" and of angels, and have not love, I become a tickling symbol and a sounding brass. Love uh-huh. got to be at the center, and that's what was happening with the Church of Corinth. I mean, they were into all of these debates and arguments, and that's, oh, yeah. why, that's why the love chapter is put in the middle of the gifts, because they, Paul is trying to say, let love guide you in everything you do. So remember that and keep that at the at the center of your heart, my brother. Because and then feel free to call us anytime, and uh, we can give you some support and some encouraging words around it too. But thank you for your concern and your call. And let me have Gary to to pray for you around this, and uh, also uh, you know add to what I've said as well, brother Gary. Okay. <clears throat> Amen. Yes, love has got to guide us. You know, we can easily win all the arguments and lose a soul if we don't if we don't share that love or show that love. And especially when you're talking to people, 
<clears throat> be praying for them at the same time that God will open their eyes and give them clarity by the Holy Spirit. So let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for Brother Ray here tonight. Lord God, we thank you that he's scholarly and Lord God, that he's taken time to investigate and to, to, to know your word. We pray that you continue to bless him, continue to strengthen him and encourage him. And Lord God, give him patience when he's dealing with people and that they would always see the love of Jesus Christ manifested in his life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ray, so much for your call, brother, and God bless you, and get back with us and let us know how you're doing. Okay, yeah, I appreciate it. Yes, and uh, take a pray over even some of the classes I'll be teaching. That'll be a good way for us to have some fellowship and time and, and uh, get some good teaching into you, too. All righty, yes. thank you for your call. Okay. God bless you. Brother Gary, let's go to our next call. All right, Jermaine's up. Jermaine, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing very well. All right, good to hear your voice, and uh, what's on your heart tonight? You know, I had a question that I was, uh, again, approached by someone that uh, I'm familiar with who uh, happens to be a Jehovah's Witness, and uh, I'm not aware if, if they're aware of how many people actually approach me, but I noticed they kind of run off the same script, and I know they're they're very well trained in their organization, but I was wondering if maybe you could shed some light on methods that they like to use to recruit incoming people. Yeah, well, the, there are... Uh... What they basically like to do is really talk about the end of time because they realize uh, that uh, we are in uh, perilous times and we're in evil times and we're in uh, chaotic times. And so they they prey on that and they let people know that, look, you know, look at what's going on around you today, you know, the problems. And then the Bible has a lot to say about that. So they kind of like a fixate on that and. But when it comes to Jesus, it's all about, uh, you know, that he is uh, the uh, the son of man, that he is a uh, an angel. Um, you know, he was an angel before he came into the world, known as Michael the archangel, and then he became a man on earth. And then when he was raised from the dead, he became a spirit creature. So... Jesus has taken on three different types of manifestation forms. An angel in heaven, you know, they communicate that, and then they say he was a man on earth. So they debunk all the scriptures upon what Jesus being called um, God. And then they uh, prey on the humanity of Christ, you know, where where it says no man knoweth the day or the hour. They get into uh, things about the Father, uh, and they capitalize upon the Father constantly, uh, and that he sent Jesus into the world. Uh, So the thing that you have to understand is um, Texan terms. I mean, I did a teaching one time on Texan terms twisted by the cults, and then I dealt with a whole series on Jehovah's Witnesses, how they deal with certain Texan terms, and they twist it up. So basically, it's the end of time that they talk about. Be aware of that. And when they get into the end of time, you have to come at them and say, um, you know what, I can know all about that, but if I don't know about the one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, John 
14 and 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So we have to say, wait a minute, you're getting into all of these things about the end of time, but, and matter of fact, they predicted the world to end seven times in the name of Jehovah, and none of it happened, which says how false Jehovah is. So Jesus is saying, you cannot know the Father unless you know me. So you're bringing everything back to him in the face of the ends of time because they've gotten so, uh, you know, uh, intellectual in their approaches regarding the end of time that they don't even spend a lot of time talking about Jesus and who he is. They kind of get into the end of time and get you sucked into that, and then they start to tell you about the Father, See, so they overlook Jesus. They don't want you to get into the theatropos, the God man. So that's the approach and stuff like that. So uh, if we had more time, we only have a minute left. If we had more time, I would get into this more. But try to call me a little bit earlier, and we can kind of dialogue a little bit more or give us a call during the week, and we can help you more with it. All right. Thank you, Dr. Buck. All right. Thank you for your call. You want to try to – I guess we have a, we don't have enough time, unfortunately, for uh, – which is uh, rare. CC, yes. we're sorry. CC. CC, <laughs> are you there? I guess he's uh yeah. We don't have we don't have enough time for him. Yeah. Okay, we got a minute. We got to have yeah. that minute for you. Are you there? Yeah. What's your question real quick? There is no I time. I to ask you um <laughs> if you ask him for confirmation about like, you know saying um I have a friend who was trying to ask for confirmation for whether or not this person is the one for them. Uh what would they do? You know what? I'm going to have to – I hear the music. You know what? You always call ahead of time, and we don't know what happened tonight, but call us the first thing next week, and we'll get to that question that you have. I'm sorry about that, but uh, time, our mortal enemy, is rushing by with rapidity. Thank you for your call, uh, Brother Gary. All right. We've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. We'd like to thank Jeremy, our engineer, Rick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time. Good night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 